So, I gave myself a mantra a little while ago, which goes, I don't know anything. Pay attention. I was driving back home one evening when I felt this darkness engulfing me. It was dark outside, so that might have been part of it, but it was more like a darkness inside of me. Like I was in a complete void. A few things had happened earlier that week that made me question the things that I thought I had known, that I thought I sort of figured out about this life thing. And just before this drive, I was in my martial arts class, where we had gone back to the very basics. Straight blocks, cross blocks, the same stuff you learn on day one, but with completely new meaning and principles unpacked this time around. I really felt like I didn't know anything after a whole year of doing this. And my teacher just kept telling us to pay attention. Really pay attention. So on the drive home, that's when it really hit me. I don't know anything. I've lost my ground. My mind was blank. Which frankly is not a bad feeling because my mind is always crazy busy. But I couldn't remember anything from class. It was like my mind had gone on a vacation, and I couldn't find all those thoughts I used to have. I felt a little bit like I was dying in a strange way, and all I could do was make myself repeat over and over again, pay attention, pay attention, pay attention. Which, I didn't know what it meant, but it was the only thing that was there in that darkness, and I was hanging on to it tight for my own sanity. Pay attention. Pay attention. Pay attention. That means letting go of what I think I know and really coming to the present moment, which is the only real thing there is right now, and trusting that I don't need to know. It means breathe. Allow myself to walk slowly once in a while and look around, smell around, actually feel my feet and my body and, oh, I hear music. It's very beautiful. I'll stop and listen for a while. It means really being there for my friends, my partner, my family, really listening to them as if I'm hearing them for the first time and I'm curious to get to know them. Also means starting a podcast, recording the whole first episode with perfect music and my perfect podcast persona, all ready to publish, and then scratching it because it didn't feel quite right. And I'd rather follow and capture what's alive right now, which is to say, I don't know where this is going. And if I follow my own advice, I trust that I don't need to know. I just need to pay attention and follow. I think that's pretty cool. So, pay attention. It means 
saying hello to life. And honestly, this is the exact opposite of how I've been living for a long time. You know, when you watch babies, they're always saying hello to life. Every day is a new day, and everything and anything is exciting to them as they start to explore the world around them. I remember someone telling me that they got a stuffed animal for their daughter, and she was so fascinated by the plastic bag it was in, and she just wanted to play with that instead of the stuffed animal. And I thought that was wonderful. I mean, if you think about it, a plastic bag is awesome. It's smooth and stretchy. It crinkles and it crackles. I could do an ASMR podcast. You can scrunch it up into a little ball, or you can blow it up really big and throw it in the air and watch it dance as it falls down. A person from a hundred years ago would be really impressed that you can carry all this stuff in it, and it's super light, and it's strong, and it's waterproof, and you can't even see through some of them. I mean, it must have been revolutionary when it first came out, which is why it became so popular. But nowadays, apparently only babies find it interesting. And for the rest of us, it's just a useful thing that exists, and sadly, littering beautiful places on our planet. So, the point is, it seems that we're always looking for something more interesting and more exciting. New technologies, new toys, new places, new people. But we get over them very quickly and we get bored. And we look for the next thing. I bet you that if flying cars were to become a reality, we'd get over that too. Right now, we might think it's going to be so cool and amazing and we're going to feel like superheroes. But just like regular cars became mundane after a while, it's probably not going to be different just because they're flying. We're still going to hate sitting in air traffic. We're still going to get bored on long air road trips. We're still going to sit and play Mad Libs, unfortunately. And the kids are going to keep asking, are we there yet? So it seems to me that what gives us real joy and real excitement in life is not any specific thing that we have or don't have. But it's our relationship to it and the quality of attention we give it. Marcel Proust once said, The real voyage of discovery consists not in seeking new lands, but seeing with new eyes. I had this wonderful experience once, where in this class I was taking, I was partnered up with a friend, and one of us was blindfolded and the other one was guiding by the arm and describing everything that was going on around us. And it was a really awesome experience, both as the person guiding and the one being guided. Because once you have to describe or feel around, you start experiencing the familiar world in a very different way. The same hallway that I always walk through. The paintings on the wall that I had forgotten were even there. The electrical box, the little patterns on the wall, the carpet on the floor. All of a sudden, you start paying attention to all these things. And as soon as you put on the blindfold, the room gets so loud and full of sound all of a sudden. Was it this full of life the whole time? When we stepped outside, a slight depression on the ground felt like a big hole and I freaked out. 
I could feel the warmth of the sun on my body and tell which direction it was coming from. Me, who is hopelessly directionally challenged, could tell where the door was, just based on where the ambient sound was muffled. We went around the garden and felt the trees and the stones and the plants. And we went back into the kitchen and my friend had me touch the wooden table that we always use for lunch. It was smooth and cold. And when I ran my whole hand over it, I could feel the subtle lines of the wood. And as I got closer towards the edge, I could feel a thin line of slightly rougher surface before it rolled off the edge. It was a very sensuous experience. And it must have looked really weird, me just touching this table. But half the people were blindfolded and we were all having fun. It was so interesting getting to know the world in this new way. And I think I could have done it for hours. These things that I use every day. These places I pass by every day without so much as giving a quick glance. I was paying attention to them. Saying hello to them for the first time. Okay, so you might be thinking, she can go and say hello to a bunch of tables if she wants to, but what does that have to do with me or anything really? Well, I think everything actually. You see, when we stop saying hello to the world, it becomes mundane, boring. It loses its magic and aliveness. The kind of curiosity and focus you might have felt as a kid and which you find in truly impressive, creative individuals. And we become like this. I'm picturing someone sitting in an office with a huge pile of paperwork. And maybe there's fancy technology that, that delivers the paper to you one by one on a smooth conveyor belt. And you take one look, you stamp it, and next! 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 At the end of the day, you've made an equally large pile of nicely stamped, completed paperwork. So you've clearly done a lot, but how much of it did you actually experience? At some point, I realized that I spend a large part of my life like this. I'm always busy doing something. Going from one thing to the next, and the next, and the next. I feel anxious and guilty if my schedule isn't completely full, like I'm wasting my time. Yet, when someone asks me, what do you do with your time? Why is it that I can't answer that question? I mean, okay, I can give you a list of all the things that I did in a day according to my schedule. 
or all the achievements I've made in a year. That's not the problem, but it's like that pile of paperwork at the end of the day. Somehow, it doesn't really feel like I did anything. And isn't that the real waste of time? So I realized that it's not really about what or how much I'm doing that determines whether I feel like my time was well spent and fulfilling. But it's the quality of attention that I bring to it. A really good practice ground for me has been my work. I'm currently working as a massage therapist, and usually I see two or three clients per day. And each session is about 90 minutes long. And it's very important for me to keep track of that time, because that's what the client's paying for. And I want to be able to pace myself properly and provide a full, complete massage while also catering to whatever specific needs they might have for the day. So time is a big factor in my sessions. The interesting thing is, when I step into the room and start working, my experience of the same 90 minutes can be completely different depending on the quality of attention I bring to it. Sometimes, full disclosure, I am totally in that paper stamping mode where I'm just doing my routine, rubbing this person's back as I think about that conversation I had with someone else earlier, thinking about what's for dinner, and I look at the clock. I still have 45 minutes to go. And now, 30 minutes. And still 20 minutes. Gosh, I'm tired. <sighs> at the end of the 90 minutes, I'm relieved. My hands hurt, my body's stiff, I worked hard, I'm getting paid for this, and now I get to go home. Meh. And then there are times when I remember to breathe. which also reminds the client to breathe and relax. And that's what we want in a massage. And I remember to move from my center to feel my body in contact with theirs. As I glide slowly, I close my eyes and I feel the inner landscape of their body. And my hands just go where they need to go. My body is relaxed, and if something starts hurting, I notice immediately, and I can adjust so I don't hurt myself. I'm gentle. I notice when my client's breathing changes, and I know when something is too much or just right. Oh, that hurts so good. It's like a game, and it's also like a dance. I'm in the flow. And then I remember to look at the clock. And wow, it's already been 45 minutes. It felt like 15. At the end of the 90 minutes, I feel calm and light. Not too tired, I could do more. And the client tells me that was the best massage they've ever had. So, same 90 minutes, different experience, different results. Different enjoyment, different fulfillment. Time just spent, and time well spent.
think I'm lucky in that massage is something that can be infinitely interesting. Because every body is different and every day is a new day. And theoretically, I think anything can be made infinitely interesting if you bring in the right kind of attention to it. Just like the plastic bag example. But maybe you feel like that's not quite true for your work. I don't know. And that's okay. But the same thing is also true for relationships. Especially with those people we see on a regular basis. Me, being me, would often schedule a time to spend with my loved ones. And there's nothing wrong with that per se, but what I tend to do is, okay, 8 o'clock, I'm gonna call my mom. And I sit there, and I'm not really engaged in the conversation, but I call her for the week, so I call it good. Or maybe you've experienced something like this, where you get into a routine in your interaction with somebody, and each person feels like they kind of know what the other person's going to say, how they're going to react, what same old story they're going to tell. So you either don't bother, or you talk over each other constantly. And you end up saying things like, you never listen to what I'm saying. You never pay attention. So pay attention. It's a way of living from that gentle, curious, and open place. What am I actually seeing here? What do I actually hear from this person's voice? What are they really saying? What do I feel? Am I breathing? Am I holding my breath? Is what I'm doing right now really more important than breathing? How does my body feel? Am I holding unnecessary tension in my lower back? My jaw? My neck? You slow down and take your time to do what's really important to you. There is no rush. Okay, maybe sometimes there's a rush. But there is absolutely no reason for me to be in such a hurry walking to the bathroom to brush my teeth that I don't watch where I'm going and I stub my toe and bang my knee all over the place. It's not like I do anything with the extra two seconds I save. And ultimately, it's not about time at all. It would be about time if our life were indeed a series of papers that need to be stamped and you cash out by the number of sheets you complete. But is it? Guess you'll have to find out in the next episode. Alright, thanks everyone for listening and talk to you later. Soulfully yours. Yours.